0: hello hello and welcome i'm nick i'm ryan and this is late night Guiden, your home for the number one and number two podcasting summers podcasting summers 76 okay and i'm gonna call it now 2022 okay i'll look forward to that yeah so you got that you got that one coming for you <laughs> cool
1: God, I didn't. I, I missed out on the first one, but I'm going to be happy to be alive during the second great
0: summer of podcasting. Well, I mean, nobody's going to be alive. Oh. That's <laughs> the other thing you need to look out for oh. in the coming future. Okay. You see, what else do you know? Oh, um, man, do you want to know where pigs are going to be? Because I'm heavy into poor futures. You fucker. <laughs> so, welcome to the Gaiden. So we have we have a uh, we have a gag for this episode. We have a setup, we have a setup. We have some overriding. Uh wh- wh- why don't you give them the uh why don't you give them the intro as it was previously established? Okay. So
1: a uh I appreciate that <laughs> when we go into it with an idea of what we're going to be talking about, you refer to that idea as a gag. Um <laughs> And secondly, the idea is thus. So the other day, uh, Memorial Day, it was actually, uh, we were sitting around a campfire and Nick started talking about uh, the idea of like what this generation's iconic movies will be or already are. So then I turned to Nick and I said, we, we went back and forth about this for a while. Uh, I, I then sort of expanded on this idea with the following hypothetical scenario. It's the year 2030. I think I said 2030. Um, As we've previously established, we'll all be dead or enjoying a very nice backlog of podcasts. Uh, There is a child, and you can only show that child one video game from all of the video game systems of your youth. What do you show them? You know, sort of building on the idea of, you know, well, these movies were super important for, you know, movie making and fiction going forward what are the games that you were going to pick out and say, these are the important ones?
0: Yeah. Um, well, I think I think at the time we had said, like, basically every major console forwards. It's like, because I have a list here that goes from NES to uh, Wii U.
1: My list is maybe not as expanded. I kind of overlooked, I basically overlooked any ones that I didn't have, like, any experience with at the time that they were a thing, like... I don't know, I never fucked around with any Sega systems. I never owned an N64 or a GameCube. Um, So I don't really have opinions about those. Uh, And also, it was hard thinking about the more recent ones. Like, it was hard thinking about, you know, what's the important
0: Xbox 360 game? It's Lost Planet 2. Um, No, I mean, you're right. So we can let that stand.
1: So I'm just going to say up front, like, my, this is what I've thought of at this point. If you asked me tomorrow, it would probably be different. If you asked me yesterday, it would probably be different.
0: Well, um, so, so, so hold on. Because before we get into it, mm-hmm. like, I have sort of a substantial list. And, you know, this is, this is a living document. But, uh, before that, just to get sort of limber, we're just gonna, let's do a little ad lib listing. All right. Here's what I want. All right. I'll shake it out. Off the off the dome, top five cookies go.
1: Um, I mean, did you listen to Bracket like two months ago? I think it was when they talked about cookies. No, because they pretty is. much settled the issue. Oh, yeah. All right, what, hate me. I forget. Um. <laughs> Okay. I think it was like the classic chocolate chip was up top, and then it was like Oreo and stuff. And I'm kind of kind of defer to those answers. I like a classic chocolate chip, and I like an Oreo. Um, and then something with mint in it, maybe, maybe like a Milano. And then uh, those sort of flattish sugar cookies that you get in a tin, uh, with the little paper cups around them.
0: Oh yeah 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 yeah. Those those are all the same type of cookie.
1: Yeah yeah yeah. They're, they're tin cookies. Yeah. And then a uh, a digestive biscuit with a bit of chocolate on the bottom, that chalky chocolate, sort of waxy chocolate. Yeah. Digestive
0: biscuit? Yeah. Is that like for dogs?
1: It's a British thing. Okay. Um, I think it's kind of like uh, how in America we used the idea of patent medicine to sell alcohol and and other drugs- whereas in britain they'd use the idea of actually this is good for your
0: digestion to sell people chocolate i mean you don't got to you just tell me it's chocolate and we're we're done transaction proceeds but what if chocolate has been forbidden
1: by the queen anyway i think it's your turn tell me what your top 5 cookies are what are we doing
0: no yeah it's no worry this is going to recur uh this is a recursive list cuz my number five is a top five list of cookies. It's a fifth best cookie. Wait, no. I've already fucked this up. Uh, all right, listen, five Oreo, because it's got to be on there. But at the same time, if if like I have my druthers, I don't go right for Oreos. I just never pass up an Oreo. Uh, so Oreos on there. Chewy Chips Ahoy, like specifically chewy. Okay. Uh,
1: like a Like a cookie, not like some kind of brittle, shitty cracker.
0: Well, that's the thing, because, like, it's kind of like a—basically, like, take a cookie and then, like, bake it only just so that you can say that it was a baked good. Yeah, yeah. Like, you know, the history of me and, and does. Yeah. Uh, no, I'm with those you. Those cookies. Uh, The—I believe it's Keebler, the one with the elves? Y- yeah. But the—they uh, have uh, rainbow sprinkle cookies? No, Rainbow Deluxe Cookies. That's what they're called. Because they're not sprinkles, because they're just goddamn M&Ms. Okay. I know what you're talking about. I am going to count this. Follow me here. You know, like, when the ice cream truck comes by, and they have that one ice cream sandwich that has two chocolate chip cookies uh, instead of, like... Yeah. Yeah, okay. So that's (laughs) one of my cookies. All, All of your cookies are products, Nick. That's okay. Okay. The, um... Oh. You know, like, when there's, like, a really fancy cookie spread... Mhm. You know like like, so, like there's a catered event and there's just like a tray of cookies? Sure. You know that one cookie that's like yellow green and pink? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That weird little cakey thing? Yeah. Yeah, what what's with those? I don't know. They're like trying to be Neapolitan cookies, but that ain't how it works. But actually fuck those cookies. You want the one that's right next to them, the one that's got like the little jelly in the middle? That's that's my favorite cookie. <laughs> the one that looks like like a little flower swirl thing and then they put jelly in the middle of it. Yeah. yeah. That's my five cookies. Okay. All right. Now that we're all... Now that you got them tendons going, nobody's going to sprain themselves. My Tell ju- me about your list.
1: My judging tendons. Okay. So I started out thinking about, like, because we were, we were working from the idea of, like, an iconic movie, right? Right. You know, it's something that was influential and sort of set... It it set expectations and ideas for things going ahead. Right. Right. And then I said, I don't really care about that. I get to, I get to tell this fictional child that these are the only video games that exist, right? Okay. I get to basically create new reality for this
0: child. Uh, you are, you are crafting a, a con, a, a, a world of context. Which let me sort of, uh,
1: be more at peace with picking so maybe Gonzo answers such as the best Game Boy game, Dragon Warrior Monsters. Is is that like a Pokemon? It's a bit like a Pokemon, but it's like informed by like Dragon Quest, Dragon Warrior stuff. It like it has like it's in a strictly fantasy setting. Like you, I forget like if you get teleported to a place teleportation is a thing that happens in this game. You go through, like, mysterious portals, um, but, like, the the hometown is, like, this big tree that everyone lives in, and you travel to these, like, semi-randomly generated worlds where you fight monsters and collect monsters and stuff, but, like, you don't throw uh, a weird technology ball at them. Like, you throw a mistake, and then if they
0: think you're cool, they come with you. All right, that sounds pretty good. Um, and It's... it's- is yep. that why you're you're picking this over maybe a more traditional Pokemon? Why is this your, uh, why does this make the list? I played this game a lot, emulated as a kid, and it
1: struck me as like a very mysterious and expansive game. And I feel like that's kind of an important uh, like feeling to try to get across. It's something that video games can do sometimes. Mm. And I feel like this is a really good game that sort of has that feeling to it. Okay. Because that's, like. That's a legit ass reason. As You you move through, like, these weird portals to different areas, and, like, sometimes you're just on, like, these, like I said, they're, like, semi-randomly generated, just kind of, like, flat planes. You're just kind of wandering around looking for your next portal. And then sometimes you go through a portal and you get to, like, it's on a completely different scale. Like, it looks like you know, an overworld map from a an RPG at the time, and there's, like, a little city down to your south, and there's a big golem blocking your way to the city, and then you fight the golem, and he becomes your friend. Huh. Like, it's really dope. weird. Um, and the breeding in it is really cool. Like, if you combine a slime and a dracky, you get a wing slime, or a drack slime, or something. I don't know. It's a cool okay. game. That's what so, Game Boy game.
0: So, s- subverting expectations of scale... Including um, the mysteries of the universe and monster mating. Gotcha. The... <laughs> okay. Uh, sure. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> the mysteries okay. of the universe. All right. What else you got?
1: Uh, so my NES game, I was saying, was Super Mario Bros. 3. I don't have a huge amount of experience on the NES. My first jokey pick was, uh, you know what? I changed my mind. It's going to be Kung Fu. Okay. Okay. <laughs> Um. Yeah. So you walk from right to left and you punch dudes. And there's actually looking at it now. There's there's like a uh, a dudes meter. Like there's your head and it gives has the mo- number of lives you have. And then there's a dragon head. <laughs> and I think that's an important thing to keep track of too. Um. And it is one of the only NES games that I played on. Uh, I never owned a NES, but a friend of my mother's did. And I played that and some one-on-one basketball game. It was like uh, Larry Bird and somebody else one-on-one basketball. And that was kind of whack. But Kung Fu is a real-ass game. And it's the only NES game that exists in my canon. All right. Okay. <laughs> nice represent. Okay. <laughs> uh, so moving forward to the next generation of SNES stuff, of SNES stuff, of Nintendo sure. stuff, the SNES game is Super Metroid. Um super metroid was also a game that i played very much uh emulated i never had an actual copy of it i had a snes as a kid um but my games there were kind of like you know mario donkey kong country uh an alien game i don't forget if it was like specifically tied to one of the to one of the movies but it was an alien game where you like crawled around in the ducts and you had a grenade launcher it was weird um so probably not specifically tied to any of the movies. <laughs> uh
0: they had to do weird things to turn movies into video games back then. Yeah. But remember Super... Sunset Riders? That I was know. actually based on my dinner with Andre. <laughs> <laughs> what the fuck? Um <laughs> Yeah, so
1: Super Metroid, it's weird because actually uh just today I was uh Dave Riley on Tumblr has been talking about uh games of that era of uh Super Metroid, Link to the Past, games like that, and how to him they kind of marked the beginning of the end of what I talked about with Dragon Warrior monsters, the idea of like expansiveness and just sort of wandering around and not knowing, you know, what you're going to find, not knowing what the limits of this of this world is. And he saw Link to the Past and Super Metroid being sort of the start of the end of that, where you're (laughs) really uh sort of consciously and visibly gated by like, well, I can't do this yet. So there starts to be, you know, a sort of set path. It's like, well, first I need to do this. Then I need to do this. Then I need to do this. Where it's like, you know, there's not like a quest marker or anything, but it is sort of hemming in like the possibilities of where you're going. And I'm pretty sure that was in the original Metroid 2, but I guess it was more like explicit and obvious in Super Metroid. But to me anyway, like Super Metroid still had... It has a feeling of, like, isolation and exploration that I like a lot. Like, even if you are... uh, Like, there definitely is, you know, sort of a set path to the game. But it's one that you need to discover sort of organically. And you do so, like, in complete isolation in this alien world. And that I like very much.
0: I mean, I, I saw that post, too, and... It's weird because it actually sort of counters something that I was thinking about the other day or not counters but worked with the idea of basically just like, you know, waypoints in video games that I think part of uh, like part of why people look at Dark Souls and say this like, oh, it's back to a day when games didn't hold your hand. And it's, you know, a real sense of exploration is because like it doesn't somewhere there's a line. Between, like, Call of Duty holding your hand, telling you to go to the end of the hallway, and also, by the way, it's a straight hallway with no branches, to what's sort of, you know, very Dark Souls, but also old school, like, Zelda 1 and Castlevania 2, which is just, hey, there's a world here, and there's stuff in it, and we ain't going to tell you anything, um, hmm. like somewhere in between, there is a line which I think uh, around that era of like Super Metroid hits well of just like yeah, no, like you're not you know that this is the wrong way to go because you can't go here and like you have a thing that says like hey maybe you should look for the such and such but at the same time like don't tell you where the such and such is and until you know until there's only one unexplored place on your map then like you don't necessarily know exactly where to go like I I hmm. think there's a line in between that just maybe by this point people are really sort of uh built up a tolerance to where you know telling you more than like literally nothing at all feels like it's holding your hand i don't know it that's that's a discussion for another time but yeah like even just looking at like
1: metroid games like they eventually got to the point where like like metroid prime after you did like like that game basically had objectives like after you did a thing it would be like oh we detected seismic activity in this area you should probably go check that out next it didn't tell you like and you're gonna find the super missiles there um or anything like that uh and then like metroid fusion which i think is a really great game uh like explicitly had like a dude it was a robot dude but like a dude telling you where you should go at any given time and like it was really segmented into like these discrete zones on this uh Space Station sort of thing. Like, I think you can see sort of the evolution of, you know, what sort of expectations people have with how video games guide you, like, even just in Metroid alone.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Because um, I remember I did play a bit of the original Metroid, um, just sort of on a whim to be like, well, why do people like these games? Mm-hmm. And th- that's very much a thing. Like, it's a big grid of hallways with no branches. But then there is just, like, locked doors everywhere. But also, like, at no point does it tell you, hey, you can use the missiles. If you use five missiles, that's how you open these doors. Like, it never tells you that. Like, a lot of the games from that era, even if I had the chance to play them, I just stopped. Because it was like, well, I found a thing. And it doesn't seem to do anything. So, (laughs) like, I'm not going to do something that seems to be stupid and turns out to actually be the right thing. Again, Castlevania 2. Hold mm-hmm. this duck here.
1: Yeah, you go to Throw the...
0: garlic on the ground to summon a dude in a golden cape. Okay. Wait, what? <laughs> yeah, no, that's the thing that you have to do in Castlevania 2. It's like, go, like, after after you have a certain piece of Dracula, buy garlic, go to a dead-end hallway, throw garlic down, and a man will appear and give you the next vital key piece of item, equipment, stuff, whatever. Huh. But okay. like... like that's kind of an extreme case, but yeah. I feel like, you know, the the thing that people say is like very old school about a dark soul sort of go points in that direction. It's like, no, you have to figure out what things do, but it's just a question of like how insane are the things that they expect of you? Yeah, sort of I guess it might be where the line is drawn. I guess it's the
1: difference between like the world being sort of like consistent with itself and like communicating in other ways what's going on rather than just, like, expecting you to do crazy shit for no reason.
0: Mm. Yeah, like, there's one of the things about, I think it's a couple of the Metroid games is just, like, you know, when you see a block that you will need to break and then eventually you get a weapon where the symbol matches the symbol on the blocks. Like, oh, okay, I get it. Like, you don't have to tell me directly and you don't have to tell me go back to this place. It's just like, oh, I, this will be used here eventually. Like, maybe I don't mm-hmm. know exactly what I need to do, but these two are definitely related. Like, th- that is like just enough information. It's Like, no, you need to play with these parts until you proceed.
1: Yeah, it's like, well, there were three doors. One of them was, you know, one of them looked like this. One of them was looked like this. I went through the third one. I found this item that gives me some new capability. How does it interact with those other
0: things I saw? Yeah, you know. All right, we, we've said enough on this for now.
1: I like Super Metroid. Uh so I'm just going to kind of bounce back and forth between like uh console and uh handheld I guess because my Game Boy Advance game uh, is Mega Man 0. Mm. So uh for the SNES game, like obviously Mega Man X was kind of uh a contender there. Like I played the shit out of Mega Man X as a kid too. Um but Mega Man 0 for the GBA, I think that that whole series, like, I don't even know if I can pick, like, one that I think I like the most, or I think is the best. It's It's been a while since I played them. I don't know how much I have to say about these, but, like, those four games, that little series, maybe they don't make too much sense outside of the context of Mega Man X, like, if you don't know anything about Mega Man X. Um, so maybe it's not the best choice. Maybe I should say, like,
0: uh... Well, story-wise, it's just kind of Vague and like, oh hey, there's a big world, and we're not going to talk much about it, I guess, because like maybe most of it's destroyed or whatever. But as far as like gameplay goes, like it's really spot on. I don't well, no, don't I mean play like played enough that you can talk about like any character development, but Ca- what character side of Mega Man games would let you do that?
1: Character wise, like it's it it is a direct sequel to the Mega Man X games, and there's a lot of stuff that is informed by them.
0: Yeah, but I'm I'm just saying like if you don't know about that, like yeah, there's you know. If you have a main character, you have, like, a personal story. Like, if it was still X, then definitely it would really fall apart. But since it is, you know, a new character. A version of an old character? A rebuilt character? It's actually... A shortcutted amnesiatic character?
1: Wait, hold on. That game's actually bullshit. Whoops. Um, (laughs) Yeah, because what the hell is Zero in that game? Because he's not the Zero from the old games. Because the Zero from the old games is up in that satellite. And he becomes, like, super evil. Or whatever. I changed my mind. It's Advanced Wars Two. Yes, now you have it. That's the correct one. <laughs> uh, because as much as I like uh, Days of Ruin, and as much as I like parts of Dual Strike, like Days of Ruin doesn't like the aesthetic of it is not you know its strongest suit, and Dual Strike, I think where they went with like the two. Uh, like, the two CO mechanics and, like, stacking their powers and doing crazy shit where it's just, like, I'm going to turtle for, you know, th- a while. And then I get, like, to triple move my guys and then just airdrop, you know, uh, infantry that instantly captures your headquarters on you. Like, I think they kind of went too far on that. But Advanced Wars 2, I think, is perfect. Hmm. Maybe not perfect.
0: It- um Um, but it's damn good like that's actually the one that i've been keeping in my game boy that every once in a while i'll just go like yeah i do love this game and i'll play it for like another week and we we like not too long ago (laughs) we were all sitting around like playing it on the the game boy player for the gamecube and just like passing the controller around all sitting around the tv playing advance wars 2 yeah like i have a big
1: soft spot not a soft spot i i have a big appreciation for like tactics games tactics games uh, like some of my favorite games, like I don't know, Phantom Brave. Uh, I'm doing that, you know, XCOM thing. Obviously, uh, Final Fantasy Tactics, Advance Wars. Like a lot of my favorite game, Fire Emblem. A lot of my favorite games are tactics games, but like I think what Advance Wars has for it is that it's like very accessible, mm. and it also with by not having uh any sort of like level up persistence mechanics. I think it it actually is a better, uh, like, tactical game than a lot of games that have that sort of combination of, like, you know, leveling up RPG stuff and the tactics game. Like, eventually, like, I like Fire Emblem Awakening, but, like, Fire Emblem Awakening, Awakening has, like, a negative difficulty curve, where it's just, like, if you want to dick around on the world map long enough, like, you can just trivialize the game.
0: Yeah, it's an RPG, so you can grind it into submission.
1: Yeah. Um, and there are, you know, there are obviously games yeah. that have those sorts of mechanics that I, that I like a lot, like Final Fantasy Tactics, XCOM, but like with its, with its mechanics, with its aesthetic, like Advance Wars is really approachable and it's just a really fun game. It's just a really good game. That's mm-hmm. what I have to say
0: about it. It's a good game. <laughs> That's a really good pick. And that was my pick for that slot for a long while as well. Ooh, but it's not now. No, it is not.
1: Okay. So, <clears throat> skipping forward a bit because I never owned uh a lot of consoles. Uh my PlayStation pick, which I also never actually owned one, but I play a lot of PlayStation games. My PlayStation pick is Final Fantasy 6. <laughs> okay. So, like, if you're going to pick a Final Fantasy game, like, there's, I guess, a very obvious choice for the PlayStation library, but fuck that game. I'm going to go with the weird re-release of Final Fantasy VI that came after, like, five years after it came out on the SNES, but now with weird FMV cutscenes.
0: Like, yeah, no, like, if you're going to pick a a Final Fantasy game, especially pre-3D, like, VI is kind of the way to go, it seems.
1: Yeah, like, I love the cast, I love, like, the things that happen in that game, like, I... We talked about this previously, so I kind of described how much I love the second half of that game. Um, Mm. I know it's a game from 1994 and then 1999,
0: but I still kind of don't want to spoil it. Um, no, especially because like on the idea behind this list, like we're getting it to a point where like people might be able to play it again for the first time. hmm. I said it. I said the line. Yep. Welcome to, oh no, play it again for the first time. Oh, no, I said it. I sound like I'm on the trailer roll from a VHS Disney tape.
1: (laughs) Final Fantasy VI just came out of the Disney vault, and now it's got, like, (laughs) really weird sort of early CG faces in it. Um, Yeah, so Final Fantasy VI is the only PlayStation game that exists in my canon. It was really hard not to pick Final Fantasy Tactics.
0: Yeah, I bet it was.
1: That's a good game. Uh, so moving forward, my PlayStation 2 game is NBA Hoops. Hoops? What? (laughs) Nah, I I honestly don't know what it is. Like after that point, like it's, I guess it's at the PS2 where it's hard for me. Like I still think, I still, okay, here's something about me. I guess I think of anything from the age of the PS2 onward as still being contemporary.
0: Okay, sure. And it's
1: hard for me to think about it in like sort of a retrospective, what's important here kind of way, because it's just like, I, I don't even, yeah, I don't know. But so, also, like
0: from PSU going forward, I found that it feels like the library's got a lot bigger. They did. They or, did. Uh, or like, maybe I don't, I don't know. I don't know if that's just on the whole or just like, because like when you look backwards, like the the number of games that were like. Really good as well as notable and available is a really small pool. So we all have a lot of shared experiences on them. Mm-hmm. But when you start getting to the PS2, like it's not just, you know, SNES versus Genesis anymore, but it's like who's playing, you know, Guilty Gear versus who's playing Devil May Cry versus who's playing Final Fantasies again, you know, Final Fantasy X. Like it, it almost like it, the library got big enough that there were subcultures. So it's hard to mm-hmm. pick like one iconic game from the era. So it's Same kind of problem I ran into on 360, actually.
1: Yeah. So I guess kind of just, if this is going to be a reflection of my personal experience, then my PS2 game is going to be like Armored Core 3. And I mean, there's like a really weird gamut of like PlayStation 2 games because like it had a really long life. Like hell, I mean, there's still Vita games being released like currently. Are there still PlayStation 2 games being released currently? Probably.
0: Boy. Uh. There's probably not any more new PS2 games but.
1: But let me tell you about Armored Core. So Armored Core is from a little company called From Software, who have really been swinging for the fences recently. Uh, but, like, their reputation was sort of always for making just sort of, like, inscrutable, complex, and bad games.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: <laughs> um... Like, a lot of people point to Kingsfield as, like, the predecessor to Dark Souls, and, like, it's this weird, clunky, like, first-person fantasy game with, like, crazy fog everywhere to make it run, not at two frames per second. Like, they make, they made, I guess, like, really specific niche games, and Armored Core was a series like that. It was a mech Com- well, I've, I'm saying was, but, like, there were Armored Core games on the 360 and stuff. But, like, I don't know. They were different. The Armored Core games of the PS2 era had, like, a really weird weight to them. Like, you had to learn how to move properly and really strange controls. Like, it's ostensibly... up
0: and down on the, the shoulders.
1: Yeah, like, it's ostensibly a third-person shooter. But, like like, Nick said, like, you... So the left stick moves you forward, back, left, and right, right? The yeah. right stick lets you turn left and right, and then to aim up and down, you use the left and right triggers. Like...
0: Yeah. It's a really weird game. It had that, like, high skill floor that you might expect from a mech game, except instead of just, like, you know, when do I need to flush my coolant? It's just how do I look at that guy? And then, you know, it still had other things about, like, you can jump jet. I don't know how you control once you're in the air, but you better try hard not to overheat.
1: And it had a lot of, like, customization options for what you want it to be. Like, you could have, you know, just sort of the traditional mech with two legs and two arms and a gun and some missiles, maybe. Or you could be, like, a tank with huge cannons. Or you could be, like, a reverse joint guy that can jump, like, six stories in the air and has missiles that, like, turn into turrets when they hit the ground or some shit. Like, you could just do a lot of different weird things and... I think three is kind of where it started taking off more with that. Like they started, like it used to be, like really explicitly, like your right arm is for a gun and your left arm is for a blade. And they got away from that in three um, and started adding more stuff. Like some torsos have autonomous guns that live inside them um, and weird shit like that. And I don't know. It's just something about the way that it looks, the way that Armored Core looks, is PS2 to me. Like yeah. I imagine that the PlayStation 2, when I think of the PlayStation 2 visually, I think of Armored Core.
0: That's that's an interesting way of looking at it. Like also that's a really good pick. I I have a very warm place in my heart for the original Armored Core games. Like like what like one was I think a PS1 game. Mm-hmm. So it's like 2 and 3 are like kind of what Armored Core is. Like 4 and 5 Four was a mess. Five was was fun, and it was definitely its own thing, but it wasn't really the same. It was less mech. It was definitely, like, high-speed action with jump jets instead of regular jumping, but it wasn't what Armored Core is all about.
1: And what, what kind of gets me about Armored Core 3 is that I don't know how the, that game was, like, received, but they made, like, four sequels to it that did not have numbers on them that were just, like... Super Title, Armored Core, or Armored Core Subtitle. Like, there was Armored Core Nexus and Silent Line, Armored Core and Last Raven, and, like, there was just a bunch of weird games that were, like, these slight iterations on each other at that time.
0: But it was good, because that means we actually got a bunch out of that one spot of Armored Core. Yeah. Yeah. (sighs) Remember that time we had two projectors, two PS2s, and the iLink cable, and we played it head-to-head? Yup. That was dope.
1: Yeah, and, like, it even had, like, it it sort of let you choose how you, like, how you wanted to play it because, like, it had, like, those games had, like, campaigns with, like, narration and story and stuff. And they were all pretty much the same story of just, like, there's corporations and they're fighting over this ancient weapon. There's, like, an ancient weapon in every game. And then it turns out that it turns on us and we have to destroy the ancient weapon. Like, that's pretty much all it is every time. I don't know how it's always an ancient weapon in the future. Of giant robots. But then there's also just like an arena ladder with just like a hundred dudes you can fight your way through.
0: Yep. If you just want to a...
1: do that instead.
0: I think that's the only thing I ever did in those games. It's like three missions, now arenas. You know, every From Software game has had some sort of moon blade in it. Yep. Uh, including the Kingsfield games.
1: Yep. They started in Kingsfield and then there was the Moonlight Sword in uh, the Armored Core games. And then there was the Moonlight Greatsword in the Dark Souls games,
0: uh, and there and there was, was probably
1: some other stuff in like that fucking that Ring game in that other play PlayStation Two game they had. There was like Ring Saga or something,
0: and also in the, the Tenchu games, there's Moonblades. Oh the
1: right, Tenchu game. was from Soft Two. Yeah, man, they were killing it on the PS Two.
0: The I don't know if they made good games on the PS Two. But they made a lot of favorite games on the PS2.
1: I like the Tenchu series a lot. It was co op ninja stealth action. Yeah. Um, so, All yeah, right. past that, uh, I actually don't have anything written down on my notes here. Like, 360 game, I couldn't tell you. Like, that. Like, I, Or, uh, original Xbox, I mean, like, I, I couldn't fucking tell you. I never owned one of those things. Um, mm-hmm. 360, like I said before, is Lost Planet 2. That's not a joke. Yeah, like Arbor Core, it's a third-person shooter with really clunky controls, but, like, uh, it's a really great co-op game with a lot of weird variety to what you can do in it. Like, there's—and it's a lot of things that are very poorly explained, like team-up attacks and injection guns and, like— loadouts with decoy grenades and there's one that's like a firework that shoots straight up into the air and that's a replacement for your your grenade and there's no reason why you would ever pick it other than it looks really cool Mm -hmm. it's a bizarre game and i love it
0: yeah it has a train gun in it there's somewhere you can actually combine two of the robot suits yes but you have to find the level where both of them are extant yeah (sighs) what a good game what a good ass game
1: Anyway, that's pretty much my list. Those are the only video games that exist in my future of
0: 2030. Uh, Alright, let's uh, take a break and hear a word from our sponsor. This week's episode is brought to us by an awareness of our own intellectual failings. Huh. So, a couple of different people within maybe like the last week and a half I saw put up tweets that were like I don't know why you guys follow me. Why do you guys follow me? And looking at it Every one of them had pretty much the same answer for me, which was that you like some all right stuff, you, you think pretty critically about a lot of stuff, but then any time you get up and say, here's how I think these are, here's why I think this thing is like this, it has sort of the annotation on it of, but everything I say may be completely full of shit and wrong, because what do I know? Mm. So just the only people I find, you know, tolerable to enjoyable... Are the ones who know, like, no, I could be the idiot, too.
1: Yeah, I can appreciate that sentiment. Okay. Okay. Back to the show. So, Nick. Yo. In the future, what games would you share with the last generation?
0: Oh, boy. <laughs> hmm. So, I'm looking at my list, and I'm already feeling like I may have made a few mistakes. That's all right. But I don't know where I would fix it. Because a lot of this, for me, isn't necessarily about what my favorites were or what was iconic to me. Because hmm. if it was about that, Tenchu-Z would be on this list, <laughs> and we would have to throw it out, basically. Um So, for the Ness, I'm thinking Dr. Mario. Okay. Uh That's really, like, the... Uh, like, I was thinking of something to put on there, and... Maybe, like, a Kirby? No. Like, when it comes to, like, platformers, none of them. A lot of the stuff on the Nintendo was a lot of garbage. Mm-hmm. You look at who was making games back then, what the system was capable of, and how the people making games did not take into account what the system was capable of. And there's just a lot of butt on the NES. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's like, okay, you want Tetris? Do you want a Mario game? Uh, do you want The Legend of Zelda? Um, and... Two of those I have covered later on. And if I'm going Hmm. to pick a puzzle game, I'm actually not going to go base Tetris. Like, Tetris is sort of like the grandfather of games, of of puzzle games. But that's not necessarily where I'm going to... That's not the one that I'm going to hold up. I'm going to have other puzzle games. Mm -hmm. So, Dr. Mario. Because in a way, Dr. Mario does kind of sum up the nest Because it's like, hey, here's what we were able to do. This is actually pretty fun. But at the same time, you look at it and you go... Why is this such like a weird and awkward way to play this game? That's kind of the Ness. Um, SNES, I can't believe you were so wrong. It's (laughs) Super Mario World. It is the best video game ever made.
1: Now, I like Super Mario World, but I might be one of those weirdos. Well, hmm. it's hard for me to pick if I like Super Mario World or Super Mario 3 better.
0: I mean, Super Mario 3 was real good. Super Mario World is the best game ever made. Mm. That is a strong argument. Like, if you're still having trouble, I'll say it a little slower. Okay, one more time for me. Super Mario World is the best game, now that's a video game to be sure, Mm -hmm. ever made. Not like a made cafe, but like created.
1: Wait, it's better than Wurlow? It's better than Lolo. (laughs) That's not
0: what I said, but I'll take it. (laughs) Um, Yeah, Super Mario World. Like, that's the thing. I put that on my list. I have no other platformers. Gotcha. Straight up. Just like, it's like, okay, I never need to represent this entire genre Mm. anywhere else on the list. Like, you have this game. Like, oh, hey, some, like, PlayStation 1 platformers? No, play Mario World. It's better. Mm. it's it you have at least as much fun, probably more fun, yeah, honestly, like you get that cape, you get that flying physics, you get to like spin jump off a of Yoshi to do impossible jumps, you get that thing that turns you into a hot air balloon for some reason,
1: yeah, you get the seeds of an inflation fetish,
0: exactly <laughs> I wasn't gonna say it, but I definitely thought it so thanks for bringing it out, no problem, uh, yeah, just like. The, the the quality of art, the, like, simplicity of design, the amount of, like, throwaway mechanics and objects that we see, like, once in the game and once in the double-secret set of levels. mm mm-hmm. Double secrets. Yeah. It's world maps. You can throw enemies at other enemies. This game has everything. The only thing it doesn't have is... With the Yoshi, technically, you have a form of, of uh, consumable double-jump. Like, the only thing it kind of doesn't have is wall-jumping, but, like... If you have a double jump, I'll let that go. And like, even
1: though it is, you know, a world that's discreetly separated into levels, like it does still, like like you said, there's a secret world, and then there is a double secret world. Like there is, it it has that sort of sense of of mystery and expansiveness to it. Like, okay, is there or is there not actually a level underneath Butter Bridge? There's just a shortcut to a star, right? I don't know. There might be. Because, like, that's always something that got to me. Like, as a kid, I saw in the ending scroll, in the credit scroll, they show you all the enemies in the game, including these torpedo fuckers that I never saw in the game as a kid. Yeah. And I always assumed, like, well, there's that big empty space in the water under Butter Bridge. That must be where that level is. I don't think that's even where it is.
0: See, and, like, like you were talking about a game that has, like, a sense of mystery and a sense of however much you play it there could still be more of it that you haven't seen like that's what i get that's what mm. i get with star road that's mm. what i get with even in like what was it the donut caverns where it's just like here no we're gonna show you where bonus levels are on the map but you, need you to can figure play out how to through all there. the levels and just go right around them and you just go but what about that mm. you could beat the game and still have never seen it like just like the the A world doesn't have to be like completely contiguous to, to feel open, Mm. but you know, your segmented levels should have multiple exits and not just like branching from the same exit, but just like somewhere in the middle, you need to do something nuts. And then when you get back to the world map, you go somewhere else. Mm. Um, but yeah, Super Mario world, like you could throw away the rest of the list and you'd still be fine, but we're going to keep going. Um, yeah, Super Mario World a really great game because on the Genesis we have Sonic Spinball. <laughs> you fucker! Like, it was actually kind of hard not to put, um, Shining Force in here mm-hmm. because Shining Force is like your JRPG plus it's a tactics game. Like, it's basically like a Fire Emblem, but back then. Um, but no, there's actually something to be said for the idea of Spinball, Pinball pinball represent and it's my favorite pinball because there's like sections where you kind of got to run around to get to other parts of the table like it's an adventure like uh, just like the art and like the worlds they create for each level like there's only four levels mm-hmm. but i don't know they feel pretty like expansive and well built and as far as pinball goes it i think it feels pretty fun it's sonic spinball is at the very least my absolutely my favorite pinball game is it your
1: favorite sonic game
0: mm-hmm. I don't think so. I don't think so, but it's close. Mm-hmm. Um, you're thinking of Sonic Shuffle. That's, that is not my favorite. That's Sonic not your game.
1: favorite God Sonic game. Okay, Sonic right. Spinball.
0: Um, uh, for the Game Boy, The Legend of Zelda: Link's Awakening.
1: Link's Awakening is a really strong
0: game. Link's Awakening is really strong cause I and I think that you know again we were talking about the line like you were talking about it for mm. Metroid. I'm talking about it for Zelda. I think it hits that line where sort of like the constraints of the hardware kept them from being able to just like, you know, big map, big waypoints, you know, clearly lay out where you need to go next. But at the same time, it's a step up from the NES. So, you know, you get story, you get NPCs, you get people that you can talk to to eventually, you know, figure out where you need to go. The graphics are just high enough that you can do a lot of that sort of symbolic knowledge of just Mm. like, oh, this looks kind of like that. I bet they go together. Um,
1: There's interactions between things. Like you shoot an arrow into a bomb and you get a bomb arrow.
0: Yeah. And like, as far as that goes, like if you're going to play any sort of 2D Zelda game, you could do well with either Link to the Past or Link's Awakening. And of those two, Link's Awakening was my first. And because it's like that half step back, Away from handholding, that's actually the one that made my list. Mm. Um, also, I had to put Super Mario Brothers, Super Mario World, on the list because it's the best video game yeah. ever. Yeah,
1: and that that precludes you from.
0: Yeah. Yeah. All right. Next generation, mm. Nintendo sixty four. This one kills me because I hate this game because it's Mario Kart sixty four. Yeah. Yeah. It's like. And there was another kart racer on the Nintendo 64, and it was Diddy Kong Racing. Mm -hmm. But, like, when it comes to what is the N64 known for, like, it was very much, you know, a dorm room game, Mm -hmm. a dorm room console, and it was either GoldenEye or Mario Kart. And, honestly, GoldenEye doesn't need to show up because that gets covered by a game later on in the list.
1: And because it's garbage. (sighs) And because it's a bad video game.
0: So here's the secret. Most N64 games are garbage. (laughs) Um, Did you see the one that had all the monkeys? Which? Donkey Kong 64?
1: Oh, okay, yeah. Yeah, because who wants to play, who actually wants to play uh, a rare 3D platformer? I know that many people hold them up as a sacred cow, but who actually wants to play one of those games?
0: I would rather play a game where you're playing as a literal sacred cow. It'd be like Okami, basically. Yeah, that would be pretty rad. You don't get a fiery sword, you can just shoot milk, I guess. Mm. Yeah, it sounds all right, actually. Yeah, so, like, there's a lot that you can do on the N64, but when you say, like, what is 64 iconic, again, it's Goldeneye or it's Mario Kart, and so I pick pick Mario Kart. Mm -hmm. Um, That's where that lives now. PlayStation. Tony Hawk's Pro Skater 2.
1: Yeah, that's a PlayStation-esque
0: game. Like... So I played a lot of PS1 games. That was like the era right after we moved near to a rental shop. Mm -hmm. So just like you want to play some Spin Jam. You want to play some Puzzle Star Sweep. You want to play some Forsaken. You want to play some uh, Carnage Heart. Like the PS1 had a big library, and a lot of them are good. It's got weird stuff. It's got Bushido Blade. It's got... uh, I believe it's Brave Fencer Musashi is the PS1 yep. one. Uh, there's just, like, it's got Final Fantasy Tactics on it. Mm-hmm. But, like again, like, for, for my memories of it, the thing that was iconic on it, and I think it was for a lot of other people, is Tony Hawk's Pro Skater 2. And, like, Tony Hawk needs to be somewhere on the list, because that as a series is kind of iconic. Like, I'm going to say that that covers, like, your sports games. <laughs> But, but like for the game where you're sort of, you know, modeling a real life sport activity. Mm-hmm. Cause, you know, the same can be said kind of, of Madden football. Okay. Yeah. So it's super arcade and high score based, but, but so, and it was going to either be Tony Hawk two or three. Two is the one where you have the secret level at the end, which is basically Star Road again. Mm. And when you load up into it, the dude just cries out from the heavens, skate on my son. So. I I always like that. That was striking to me. Mm. I don't know if it had the uh, it had the custom skate park mode. Yeah, I you don't could... know if it had the like trick graffiti mode. That might have been three. So maybe I picked the wrong one. But it at I'm least
1: had one. it at least had horse. It definitely had horse.
0: It had horse. Um, yeah. All right, Dreamcast. Now I know what you're thinking. Seaman. C- man. <laughs> <laughs> I went with Soul Calibur. Really? The original Soul Calibur. Because that's also, like, the Dreamcast is basically the home of fighting games. Because, like, you said Rival Schools. Street Fighter Third Strike was on there. Marvel vs. Capcom 2 was on there. Soul Calibur is on there. uh What's the other one that was just... Uh, Dead or Alive, I believe, actually got its start there. Um So that's the thing. Like, the truth, if you want to count Virtual On as a fighting game, it's Lock-On Combat. But, yeah, if you want, like... The thing that the Dreamcast actually like, there's a lot of weird stuff on the Dreamcast. Like, if you want to play some Cannon Spike, if you want to play some Dynamite Cop, if you want to play Ill Bleed, if you want to play, and, you know, Sonic Adventure and Sonic Adventure Two were on the Dreamcast. But I already have Sonic Spinball, so you know,
1: Fantasy Star called...
0: Online was on the Dreamcast. Yes, like that was where we got our start, really doing online stuff too. Soul Calibur, though, like mm. if if Dreamcast like actually had all of the best fighting games on it, it should probably be a fighting game. And if you're going to pick a a fighting game that maybe not is like the best, most competitive, but like the most accessible and the most sort of addicting, like the most sit in your garage and play this game over a summer, it's probably Soul Calibur. Like that wasn't necessarily what it was for me, but for a lot of people, it sounds like Soul Calibur You know, it's truly a Dreamcast game, Mm. except for, like, the people where that was the game that they had for GameCube. Soul Calibur 2. Yeah, Soul Calibur 2, which, if you're going to talk about that, I prefer 3 because of the Custom Fighters. 4 has a guy whose name is, uh, abbreviation. No, not abbreviation. An acronym. An acronym. Thank you. Was that 4
1: or was that 5? The get to 5.
0: They're all... Four, no, you're right. Four is the one that had Darth Vader and Yoda, so...
1: Yeah, five is the one with the guy named Zwy, but it's an acronym.
0: And he is a ghost werewolf yeah, his, stand user. His
1: weapon is a werewolf man that comes out of a portal.
0: That JoJo Games was on Dreamcast? So, yeah. I guess the thing... Was it Legacy Dreamcast, for the Future? Like, what is iconic about the Dreamcast is going to be fighting games. And out of fighting games, it's going to be Soul Calibur. Because there's like Soul Calibur like has kind of always been good or at least something that you reach for, like even until like four. And then it was like, oh, let's go play Street Fighter four instead. But like Street Fighter, there's sort of a barrier of entry in there where like you can no matter who's around, you can say like, let's play some Soul Calibur and mm. they'll get into it. Um, we had a, a lot of gamer SIG meetings where Soul Calibur was just like an off the charts fan favorite. Yeah. Before we move on to the rest of to the generation above that, I guess no Dreamcast probably was like in the generation with PS2. Yeah, so maybe I introduced it too early because we gotta talk about the Game Boy Advance. Oh yeah, we do. Uh, because my Game Boy Advance game is Final Fantasy VI. <laughs> <laughs> Why? Uh, because it actually came out after that PlayStation version. I find JRPGs anything where you can grind works better in a portable format cuz if you're going to grind you're going to grind on a bus. Nick, have you and played Final Fantasy 6? A little bit? And then somebody <laughs> like Dance and a monster died and I don't know, the like games like that just make more sense to me on a handheld, especially cuz like, you know, picking from menus stuff. Especially cuz like on the GBA, what else do you got going on? You got Advance Wars 2, which like I said, you've that was got in here for um, a really long time. Uh, um, uh what's it
1: called? Uh uh not Portrait of Ruin. Uh, Dawn of Sorrow? No, that's DS. Uh, Aria
0: of Sorrow. Aria of Sorrow. Yeah. Like, yeah, okay, that's in there. That's, th- there's a, there's maybe, like, five, like, really good GBA games that were only GBA. Because, um, like, there were all the, like, Mario Advanced games, which were just parts ports of Mario 3, Mario 2, and Mario World. Um but, you know, we already got Super Mario World on here because, you know, I could put it on here twice. That Would that make it better? Um, but, no, yeah, like, I don't know. It, it made sense to because you need to have Final Fantasy representation on here because that as the series in video games as a franchise has been so iconic. Like, how many of these consoles does it span?
1: So why not put Final Fantasy 4 on the Game Boy Advance?
0: Because uh, I hear 6 is the one you do. Because it probably also has an airship because it's a Final Fantasy game. It's got Magitek armor and you suplex a train.
1: Yeah, that's all true.
0: So I think that's why that's the... Still... Because it's either that or it's like PS2 is going to be 10 or 12. Or PlayStation 1 was going to be 7 or 8. And like 7 or 8, I don't think either of those are good games. And 10 I don't think it was a good game. And 12 was like really past the point where Final Fantasy started to change what it was. Yeah. Like, it was still, like, a Final Fantasy-ass game, but then you were like, oh, man, you could, like, turn this into a, an MMO real soon. And then you had 13 and 14. Uh, 11 and 14? Yeah. Something like that.
1: 13 was uh, the one with with lightning.
0: Right. Gross. But yeah, so Final Fantasy six, that's where that lives. Um, listen, I'd pick that over Super Robot Wars.
1: Yeah, so. why? Uh, I'm just confused, because I never thought you were a person with much affection for Final Fantasy.
0: I don't. Like, like I said, for for me, this list was more about, like, representation gotcha. of iconic things, not necessarily just what I like. Gotcha. Um, also, so, this is going to be a weird one, even by that standards. GameCube. Okay. All right? I didn't own a GameCube until, I think, like, a month before I owned a Wii, which was already, like, halfway through the Wii's lifespan. Mm-hmm. Um, so my GameCube game is Twin Snakes. <laughs> Iconic GameCube game. Twin Snakes. So it's the exact half step between Metal Gear Solid and Metal Gear Solid 2, neither of which I really felt like picking because, uh, I had to do other important work on the PlayStation 1 and because, like, there's always a fight over which is the best metal gear solid game. Mm -hmm. Like, is it, is it two? Is it three? Is it four? Is it one? So how about 1.5?
1: And it's clearly the one directed by the guy who did versus.
0: Yes. (laughs) Um, So apparently Kojima actually has a cameo in versus somewhere. I'd never spotted him though. Oh really? Got to watch it again and look really close. Yeah. That's, that's what I heard. Then again, I think I heard it from Dan Riker. So fuck it, whatever. Um, but, yeah, so, like, people don't necessarily look well on that one. I played through it not too long ago. They do some stuff to actually account for the fact that it's first person. All the crap that was in there from the first game is still in there. And it's still, like, a fun time. It looks better. Like, if if you're going to play one of those games, I'd say just go for Metal Gear Solid. You might as well take the one that looks better because what else are you going to do on the GameCube? Uh, Metroid Prime got away from what was Metroid. Custom Robo is the only other mm. thing I know.
1: I don't know if, well, no, Metroid Prime is
0: a really solid game, but I don't know, it's your choice. Yeah. I do I, I need to go back and play more Metroid Prime, but I don't know, like, if you're going to hold up a Metroid game, I don't know if you go with Prime. It's like Super. Super or Fusion, maybe, but hey, it's Super.
1: Zero Mission was really good, too. Zero Honestly, Zero if, Mission, some, I if like somebody it. asked me, I've never played a, a Metroid game, what should I play? I might tell them to play fucking Zero Mission.
0: That's actually the only one that I, I've sat down and, and beat. I think I got most of the way through the original, but I actually beat it when it in the zero mission version. Mm-hmm. So I, I can back you up on that. Uh, okay, so that's a sort of a, a weird pick, but I think it is representative in an interesting way. Um, and from here on out, it becomes kind of free jazz. You ready? Okay, I'm ready. Uh, well, actually, no. We have one more solid pick, which is the original Xbox Halo Two. Okay. Yes, that's why no GoldenEye, because, hey, here is your first-person shooter on a console. It's fucking Halo and Halo 2.
1: And here's the one with dual-wielding and destructible vehicles.
0: Yeah. So, and it's got the better multiplayer by most accounts. Um, like, you know, it depends on who you ask, but... There's something... It. It's the
1: one that let you hold two guns, Halo 2. There's something about the original Halo, though. Yeah, there is. Like, this, the, the relative simplicity of the tool set you had... Compared to the later games. I don't know. Yeah. Anyway. Uh,
0: yeah. Uh, yeah. Um. All right. PlayStation 2. Devil May Cry.
1: Okay. Yeah. It is definitely indicative of, like, a certain time period, because, like, that game still had, like, fixed camera angles and stuff in it.
0: Yeah, so that's, I, I, I think DMC is the first one, because, like, Devil May Cry 3, some people, like, are really, really behind, and I think that's actually my preferred one, but... The first one, mm. I think, just sits and you're like, "Okay, I see where we were coming from, and you can see where we're going with this." Mm. Um, uh, Nintendo DS, I wasn't really sure what to put. I was going between like Planet Puzzle League or uh, like there was some good, some good original stuff like Kirby's Canvas Curse. I never actually played it, though everybody's like, "Well, that's the game that sold the DS." Unless you want to talk about Owendon, mm. um, but like I don't know. Looking at this. I don't know exactly what I would put there, because there's, like, a lot of stuff. There's, like, decent ports on there. I'm trying to think if there was, like, a Fire Emblem game for the DS, because maybe that should go on there. Uh I don't know. That's still kind of open. I still don't know. What I do know is the Wii. Because you want to know what the Wii has? What? Wii has motherfucking boom blocks.
1: <laughs> Bash
0: party. Yeah, it does. Because I was like, oh, dude, like, I could put the Okami remake there. Oh, dude, I can put the Phantom Brave there. No. I could put Boom Blocks mm. because, like, a lot of people had the Wii Sports, but yo, that comes with the console. You should play Boom Blocks, like that is playing with blocks, and it's the funnest thing. It's the it's the funnest thing. Yeah, three sixty. I, so I said from the beginning. I'm still saying it. Super Puzzle Fighter Two Turbo HD. <laughs> you fucker. Because you need more competitive puzzle games on this list, and. Also, just the fact that it's a downloadable game yeah. in like 360 with the arcade, that's actually iconic of that. Yeah, that
1: is actually uh, really uh, important to what the system is.
0: Yeah, because like it was either going to be that and Forza if I had to put a different game on a, on the PS3. Mm. Um, but I didn't have to use the PS3 with Dark Souls because I put in Devil May Cry. See, this is about a synergistic list. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, 3DS. 1,001 spikes. Yeah. Yeah. Because, like, name me a really, really good uh, 3DS game that isn't, like, a port of, or up-res version of a N64 game. I mean, And I already have a Zelda game on my list that I think is the best Zelda game. I mean, Fire Emblem Awakening is pretty good, but I don't think it's... Hmm. It's pretty good, but, like, I, I would have put uh, Advanced Wars or Shining Force long before I put that. Really? Yeah. Shining Force? Yeah. Okay. I think Shining Force is really good, or or even just like an earlier Fire Emblem, but yeah, something on the GBA.
1: Yeah, again with the uh, 3ds, it's it's that problem of thinking of of contemporary things because that one is actually contemporary.
0: Yeah, but you know, just so to so, so like I don't have anything for Xbox One or PS4 because I don't even have those systems. Yeah. Um, but yeah, like so, Thousand and One Spikes. I think that's now the only other platform I have on my list, and it it is a really great game. It's a great game. It's, you know, a downloadable title dealing with that. I, the thing that I like most about the 3DS is the fact that it has the, like, when you have 2D games that you're playing with 3D parallax fields. So, like, uh, Shovel Knight, the Sonic remake that they did for 3D, like, those are kind of all the ones that I love most on that system. Mm. Um a lot of the virtual shop stuff. Um, also, this is a way that a game that otherwise would have been, like, PC only, like, you can get it on the Wii U and the 3DS, mm. and I wanted this here, because actually the Wii U is Smash Brothers. Smash
1: Brothers, Super Smash Brothers for Wii U.
0: Yes, Super Smash Brothers for the Wii, for the Nintendo Wii U. Because, um, like, it could have been the Wii one, which, I don't know, maybe that would have actually been a, a better pick, but I needed to put Boom Blocks. And also because if I didn't put it here, what was going to be on the Wii U? Uh... Like, even the pack-in game is sort of... Like, oh, yeah, that exists. Splatoon came out last week. I'm probably gonna like getting Splatoon on the way home tomorrow. It's gonna be weird. But, yeah, long list, and that's what I got on it. It's a... PSP Disgaea. There's my other tactics game. That's what it was. Uh, I scrolled down into the margin.
1: Actually, that's one that I overlooked. PSP is Monster Hunter Freedom Unite. Like, straight up. Yep. Um... Monster Hunter on the PSP, like, visually, it's obviously less advanced than, like, even Monster Hunter Portable 3rd on the same system. But there's something about it very basically that I like, even compared to other Monster Hunter games. I don't know if I can really explain it, and I don't know if I really want to take the time at this point.
0: (laughs) Yeah, we've been going on a long time with all this. But hey, it's done. There's your lists. Mine was too long because I thought too hard.
1: No, that's all right. Mine was too short because I didn't think about it enough. I even forgot to, like, make a note of some of the things that I did think of. <sighs> all right. How do we close these down?
0: Oh, uh, we say them all. it has been a Late Night Guiding episode. Uh, Wait, Ryan and Nick. Hi. Uh, you can find the show notes by going to our website, which is net slash podcast slash late night. Uh, you can also subscribe to our show through iTunes. You just you just search for well if you search for Elite everything comes up yeah because hey we also do like two other shows on the network we do No Credit Continue which we just put up an episode about um uh what did we talk about uh, the Pokemon to trading card game online yep um and we have like the next three weeks lined up now maybe four depending on if I get a response to an email I sent out earlier uh we also have orbiting the ghost planet which we're hopefully going to get back to recording episodes on that where we talk about uh space Coast, coast to coast like a rewatch podcast mm-hmm. uh and you can also we have a stream that just has all of those shows which is the one that you want to get if you want to have a new episode every week and don't necessarily care what we're rambling on about uh we also have a facebook group go facebook aliku you like us join us get news that way uh we're on twitter at aliku uh, so reach out to us that way if you have something that you want to say, if you have some kind of feedback that you want.
1: There's a YouTube channel where you can see such thrilling content as Chicken Runs and my ongoing XCOM series.
0: Yeah, There has not been a Chicken Run in a while. I did put up that video of playing a little GTA online, and I think I want to do a couple more. Okay, that's going to do it for the podcast. Uh, we will talk to you... In the future! Future, 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 future. Until then, take care of each other.